thank you. Who, who's ready for the word this morning? Uh, I'll take this. Um, we're going to have the offering also. Praise the Lord. But who's excited for the word as well this morning? You know, we're sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And uh, it's exciting to get into an atmosphere like this where he speaks freely and we can hear him. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about fathers in a moment. But I just want to say, and, and at this moment, just say congratulations to all dads, all, all fathers. Happy Father's Day. Have we told you that yet? We've got something for you later. And we'll have the opportunity to pray, pray over, over you. But um, let's come before the Lord with our giving this morning. Turn to Proverbs, please. I'm going to share just a few minutes on, on um, how we can continue our worship in honor of, of the Lord with our substance uh, this morning. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9, it says, let me read this. It says, honor the Lord your God, honor the Lord with your possessions. You know, we, we honor Him by lifting up holy hands. We honor Him by, by speaking right. And we honor Him by praying and loving other people. But we also honor Him by loving Him. And this is how. We honor Him by bringing our possessions to Him. That's one way you can really uh, honor the Lord. You know, I like to say this, that um, respect is done with words. But but honor is is, is done by action um, you know you, you can respect people with words but you honor by doing something and here's the thing if you honor the word uh, the honor that you have for the word will propel you to act upon that word and that's something so you know when we say God I, I love you we're not saying and when I say you know Lord we we, 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 we honor you we're not just doing it with our words because that's just respect. You know what I mean? But when we say, Lord, I love you and I honor you. And because I honor you, I do something. I give of my possessions. And he said here, he said, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. Isn't that something? And notice the effect. Verse 10 says, so your bonds will be filled with plenty. Who's got a bond? to be filled. Amen. It, bonds, plural. Amen. Not just singular. Bonds filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Hallelujah. You know, a dishonor is not so much what you do, but what you don't do. You don't have to, Mark Hankins, he says this, you don't have to dishonor, just refuse to honor and that's a dishonor. I'm going to say again, you don't have to dishonor you just have to refuse to honor, and that's a dis dishonor. And so we can really engage our faith because real faith gives birth to action. And faith without action isn't true faith. It's deception. Real faith, faith without action isn't true faith. It's deception. False faith can be heard but not seen. And Dr. James, in James chapter 2, verse 18, he said, I'll show you my faith by my works. He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith is shown by what you do. And then last scripture here, uh, Philippians, Paul writing uh, to those in Philippi, he, he, he said in Philippians chapter 4, 14, he said, nevertheless, you have done well. Some say done well. They did well. Done well. He said, look, you have done well. Is this good teaching this morning? A amen. He said, you have done well that you shared, you did something, you shared in my distress and when you look at up that uh, word distress it, it, it paints a picture a, a bit like a, a street when someone you're familiar with the term a straight jacket you know when when someone's in that straight jacket they are restricted it restricts mobility it limits somebody's freedom and Paul said this he used that word he, he said he said I was restricted um, I was in a, in, in a limited position financially. That's, this is what he was saying. But you did well. Anyone else felt like the Apostle Paul where you felt like, man, I'm just limited with, with the lack of substance and finances. I just feel like uh, I, I, I'm being restrained. Where you've got more month than money. Anyone real in the house? Come on. Anyone felt that way? Well, Paul said, I, fe I felt that way. But 
But later on in that same chapter, Paul said, I have all and I abound. He went from being abased to abounding. And notice, God, God, God worked with that community of believers to help Paul and enable and facilitate what Paul had in his spirit to, to do. Oh, glory to God. Now, who wants to go from being, being abased to abounding? Amen. I believe the majority of us in this place. Amen. Because there is a work to be done. Who, who likes liberty, freedom in God? Who, who likes being unrestricted? Come on, who came to church with a, with a straight jacket on? Did you? No. No. You, you wouldn't even be able to get in your car or move. You know, it limits your mobility. No one likes those limitations. And gee, we sang about it. You know, no more shackles, no more chains. I've been, I've been set free from those limitations. Amen. But notice, um, and I was thinking, I was chewing over some of these things about financial freedom and, and prosperity and things like that. You know what? Prosperity isn't a promise. It isn't something that God promises us. It's, a, it's something that, that we get to engage in. It's a covenant responsibility that we can get to engage in. He said, when you give, uh, he's our covenant partner. He provides. But, but, but we have a part to play. When we give, it shall be given. In the New Testament, he said, you sow sparingly. Guess what your harvest is going to look like? It's, it's going to be pretty sparse. It's, it's going to be a sparing harvest. But if you sow bountifully, what happens? What kind of harvest do you, do you reap? It's going to be bountiful. And so I'm challenged this morning, every single time, you know, we have this, um, and you've probably seen it on the screens in recent weeks, um, this um, image during offering time that says giving moment. Because um, this is part of, uh, uh, it's a moment that we get to engage in as a family. It's part of our worship. Remember the woman with the alabaster box? She, she broke it and she put it upon Jesus for she worshiped, the Bible says. Um, you know, uh, s- some of the disciples said, it, it, what a waste. Jesus called it worship. The religious called it a waste. But my point is this, our giving is our worship before him. It's our honor for him. We're not just respecting him with our words. We're, we're now honoring him with our substance. And, and, on that vein, on that point, this giving moment, uh, the reason why we felt led to, just put that up again, the reason why we, we felt to kind of like do this better is because just like, you know, we sang that song Freedom earlier, it would be a bit strange if I sat down and said, oh yeah, you guys go ahead and sing it, uh, but I'm going to sing it on Tuesday, or I've already sang that song, you know, earlier in the week, you know, um, and so I'm just going to, I'm going to worship later, you guys go ahead. No, no, we, we do it collectively. You understand what I mean? And so similarly, when it comes to honoring the Lord with our substance, it, there ought to be a moment that we corporately engage in and go, do you know what? We're going to do this right now. Instead of, you know what, I, you know, I'm going to do it on Wednesday or Thursday or, you know, because most of us do on bank transfer. You know, I certainly use my, my banking app to do it. But there is something powerful. Amen. Is this all right? There's something powerful when we go, do you know what? There is a moment of honoring the Lord together, just like it's powerful when we say, let's lift up holy hands and say, for God is good and His mercy endures forever. There's something very powerful worshiping together, and there's something very powerful in honoring the Lord together. So I, I pray, and maybe you can go ahead on our, um, our banking app, and you can engage, we can engage in this giving moment, and say, Father, we, we come to you as a church Come on, church. Let's engage our hearts. We come to you, Father, as a, as a church community. And uh, we, we refuse to be people who just respect with words, but, we, but, but, but never honor you. So, Father, we do, we do this together corporately in this moment since we have opportunity. And we say, Father, we continue our worship and we honor you with our substance. We thank you, Lord, for doing a mighty thing. Thank you, Lord, for all restrictions and, and all limitations and all the cap, the lid is coming off. Who believes that this morning, church? The lid is coming off. The limitations are coming off. Where, where there's been people in here where they have more month than money, where they seem abased. Father, I thank you for a speedy turnaround. They're going from a, being abased to abounding, from having you know, problems because of lack, having new problems, too much to handle, Father, because you are a surplus God. Father, I thank you that you are faithful. 
And in this small way, we say, Lord, we depart from our substance and our possessions to honor you and put our trust in you. We will be those active bunch who put our faith in you in this season. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can go ahead, stewards, and receive the offering this morning. I want to extend a very warm welcome to everyone who's joining us on live stream. I haven't said hello to you yet. I didn't forget you. You know, out of out of sight doesn't mean out of mind, out of heart. Thank you so much for joining us on, uh, be it Facebook or YouTube or, I don't know, maybe you're listening to this uh, on demand on Spotify, wherever you are listening. I believe, you know, just uh, clear out your... Um, your ears, get those uh, earbuds out, get the wax out of your ears, amen. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nasty picture, amen. But anyway, uh, just clear yourself from all the distractions that are around to hear the word that transforms, amen. You know, as uh, the students are receiving the offering, um, I'm going to ask you to do one, uh, uh, something a little bit different, um, and that's get out of your seat and say hello to somebody you have not said hello to yet. So everyone stand up, praise the Lord. We are family, amen. Get out of your seat and just welcome somebody you haven't said hello to yet and just greet them in the matchless name of Jesus. Love on somebody, encourage somebody. Find a dad and tell him happy Father's Day. Compliment somebody, tell them they're looking good, they're smelling fresh. Tell them they're in the right place at the right time, Amen. Tell him God's good all the time. He's merciful all the time. He loves you. Did I tell you that yet? No. He loves you. He'll love you tomorrow, next week. His love is constant. Hey, Scott, love you, man. Love you, man. We do. We love all those who couldn't make it to church this morning also. Um, it's good to be grateful. Amen. You know, Thanksgiving just unlocks things in... Um, in heart, it increases your capacity. When you go up to somebody and say, man, I just want to thank you for you, it just increases your capacity, you know, to receive the more that God put on the inside of them that God has designed to flow to you. Amen. That's what Thanksgiving uh, really does. Um, man, we, we, since we're doing so well talking about multiplication, think about it. The feeding of the 5,000, it was in the mode of thanksgiving that Jesus, that the multiplication of the bread and the fish happened. In the mode of thanksgiving, he, he got those elements, he thanked his father, amen. And it was in the mode of thanksgiving, multiplication took place. I'm so grateful for each family in this place, amen. Thanksgiving, thanksgiving is is your faith's way in saying or responding to his grace. Where there is no thanksgiving, there cannot be any faith because that's the highest expression of thanks, of faith is, is thanksgiving. Amen. Well, um, turn in your Bibles, please, this uh, glorious morning to um, Psalms 127. Um, Psalm 127, verse 4. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior or a mighty man, arrows in the hand, notice the picture, look at this, arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of one's youth. You know, um, our kids need mighty men. Our children, you know, we were praying for the service earlier and you know, um, Esther did a great job just praying, praying for uh, this time. And she made mention of uh, the stance that we have to make as a people of God, and that is to go against the grain of the world and where, where, it's, where it's going. How many know the things that affect the world do not affect us? But you have to take a stand against that stuff. And all the ideologies and all the, um, you know, the different uh, really, it's trying, it's trying to steal the identity from our young people. It brings such confusion. Really, what it is, is strife is on the earth. And there has to be, there has, there has to be um, mighty men and mighty women. Amen. That, that tells their child, you know, who they are in Christ. 
and, and discerns the greatness in their children, pulls it out and says, even if you don't see that this is in you, this is in you. Let me introduce you to the you in you. And not let them be framed and formed and fashioned by all the different ideologies of what they could be. And you just decide, what do you feel you are? Are you a boy or a girl? You know, what do you feel like most? I'm telling you, it is so demonic. And there's so much confusion in that. So much confusion. And the enemy is trying to come. And here's the, here's the reason. Because he's afraid of what the Spirit of God wants to do in your house, in your town, in your city, in this nation. Because it, it is going to involve the little ones. It's going to involve the sons, the daughters prophesying. It's going to involve the old men dreaming and the young seeing visions. It's going to include every age group, including the little kids. Amen. I remember Harry Gomes, the, the advert that we have, I really encourage you to get along to this and, and not just attend, but if you, if you can help, then really uh, sign up today. You know, put your name down. Let us know. I want to serve in these two nights. Harry Gomes is a great man of God. I had the honor to, to minister in his church and go to the orphanage uh, there in Coimbatore. You know, they have 400 plus kids in this orphanage, and really their home is that orphan, orphanage. Um, their parents are the faculty, the teachers. And, uh, and anyhow, um, Harry DeGones, he picked me up from the, from the hotel at 6 a.m. Well, it was more like quarter to six. We jumped in the car. He prayed, prayed for me. We prayed all the way to the orphanage. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I wasn't briefed, but we ended up, you know, going to the orphanage. And sure enough, you know, we walk in and, and we're showing our seat, which is literally right in front of all these kids, 400 kids there waiting, waiting for us. And then Dr. Harry Gomes, Reverend Harry Gomes, he says, all right, preach to the kids. They're ready for you. So I'm like, man, uh, you know that scripture that says, be, 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 be ready in season, out of season, always ready. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. You know, that's what happens in India. You know, you've been there before. So some of you understand if you've been on the mission field, you just got to be ready at any given moment. How many know that doesn't, isn't just the case on the mission field? That's, there's opportunities to be. Amen. Everywhere we go, we've got to be ready. And started to ask, uh, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do I say to these kids? And instantly a message came up to my spirit that we need you. And permit me for a few moments, and I said this to the children, permit me for a few moments to call you little ones. But Jesus uses the little ones to teach the big ones. And then I shared the story of how Jesus got a hold of the little child and put, put them in the midst of, the, of his disciples. And, and he said, look at this little one. You need to learn like this little one. How many know we can learn from the little ones? Avia was sharing some stuff even yesterday uh, to us, and, and uh, I was learning some stuff from my little one. Amen. I'm learning, you know, just the, the, the simplicity of their faith and, and how there is no limits and there's no worry or concern. My kids never come up to me and go, oh, Dad, you know, I, I've been struggling to sleep last night. I hope you slept through the thunderstorms last night. Amen. But they don't come to me saying, oh, Dad, I can't sleep because of the thun thunderstorm. Uh, mind you, they did last night. They came into our room. Amen. Um, Mr. Dora's like, what thunderstorm? <laughs> you're, you're such a deep sleeper, man. We've got some deep sheep on the front row right here. Uh, but anyway, um, my kids don't wake up and go, uh, hey, Dad, I, I'm, just, uh, I, I'm just struggling to get to sleep tonight because I'm just so concerned. I don't know how we're going to pay the gas bill. Uh, I just don't know how, you know, how we're going to get the pennies to, to pay for the electricity or, you know, I, or, or when we rock up to the petrol station, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, hey, why are you so nervous? I, 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 is the card going to work when you swipe it, you know? To pay for the fuel, because I've been seeing the prices going up. They've been going down recently, which we're all so grateful for. Amen. Nikki, you've been praying about the fuel too. Eh? Amen. Thank you, Nikki, Nikki, for being in this church. Amen. We appreciate you. Um, but anyhow, um, no kids, don't worry. And we can learn from them. But they need, they're in the hand of a mighty man. And they're like an arrow. Arrows, is, it, arrows are that which you shoot. 
not shoot, but shoot, launch and release. And so there comes a time. There comes a time for every parent and every mighty father and every mighty woman to release their children. There comes a time. And they're in our hand for only a limited amount of time. I was thinking my daughter's 15. I, I, I flew to America when I just turned 19. I'm thinking in, in less than you know, four years, my, 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 my eldest could be out of the house. I'm thinking, wow. I remember having this conversation with Abby. We've got 10 more years with Gloriana. When, well, I, I got, I, that was like yesterday. Four more years. Those who have got little ones in your house, I'm telling you, time goes by very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Parents, you, you, you understand what I'm talking about. But there needs to be, there needs to be mighty fathers and mighty mothers who understand that they have a responsibility. If, if, um, if the fathers, you could put it this way, if the fathers are the uh, um, archer, the children are the arrow, then, then what, what's, what's the bow? The bow is prayer. And that's how you release them. And so to pray... It's essential. Otherwise, they can't be propelled in certain places. I just want to encourage all the dads in this place and say, look, it's time to pray. I said, it's time to pray for our kids. Be on watch. Be on guard. Um, I've said this, you know, many a time that, you know, that they're going to, this will disappoint some parents in the room because you spent a lot of money at Christmas. But that present that you gave them, they've already, last Christmas I'm talking about, They've already forgotten about it. I know that hurts, but, but they don't remember. What did you get me for my birthday? Hey, listen, that was like, like two months ago. Like, what do you mean? Have you forgotten already? Yeah, Dad. Well, what, what are, they forget those expensive stuff. But you know what they don't forget? Is your presence. Is being present. You know, yes, we're, we're respected and honoring fathers in this house, and that's right and biblical. But we honor Father God. And think about it. He is constantly present, and he's constantly listening to us. One of the best things I preached, I pulled up some of the messages, and I'm, gonna, I'm not attempted to, you know, preach what I preached last year, but, but I, I often do that. I go back, what did I preach at Father's Day last year? And uh, it stuck to me, so ministered to me of some of the things that I, because I write up all the notes on the back of the messages. I write up, you know, what was said. And it really hit me. Whoever has um, your, your daughter's words has your daughter's heart. So if my kids know that um, my dad, my mom is hearing my words, then I know something that I have my daughter's heart. And in this hour, we have a wonderful opportunity. Someone say opportunity. To listen and capture the hearts of our children. Why? Very few people are listening. Everyone's talking. Everyone's got their platform. Everyone's on social media. And everyone's quick to post. In the playground, kids are trying to speak over one another. You know what I mean? If you live near a school, you know exactly what I mean. You can hear the chatter, you know, from some distance away. You know, you can tell it's break time. You can tell it's lunchtime. And you observe. You notice how your children are interacting. And you'll find this out real quick. That they're all trying to just speak all at the same time. And no one's actually listening to one another. And that tells me I've got a great opportunity to be the biggest influence in my kid's life. Because if they know... Dad is really listening. Mom's really listening. They know, Daddy's got my words, and I know I've got their heart. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. And we can do it in the, in the strength of our God. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14, it says, Ephesians 3, 14, it says, For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father, before the Father. Notice this. 
I, I want to read it without stopping. About my knee before the Father from whom? Of the Father from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. We've been named from whom? From the Father. It's from the Father everything comes from. We've taken on it's the character we have. It's, it's from whom? From the Father. From the Father of lights. We've, we've got joy. From the Father. The nature of God is on the inside of us. The Bible says that he who sits in the heaven laughs. Well, well uh, th- that includes you and I. We sit in the heavens too. We're, we're seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. With Christ Jesus, far above all principalities and powers, spiritual uh, you know, uh, wickedness, and, and all that. We, we are far above. And, but the reason why we can have not just happiness, but joy, joy, inexpressible and full of glory, is because it came from whom? From the Father. It, 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 as it is in the natural, so it is in the, in the spirit. Natural families take on the Father's name. My kids, Gloriana, Victoria, Tola, Avia, Esther, Tola, Charlotte, Emery. Charlotte is her name? Yeah, yeah, officially. Charlotte, Emery, Faith, Tola. They took on Dad's name from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is is named. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 tells us that, and you can turn there real quick and set, set your eyes on it. Um, as you're turning there, I'll quote Romans 5, 5. It says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of God from whom? From the Father of lights. Father of spirits. Amen. We have His love to give. This is why we can walk in faith, people, and not fear. I said, this is why we can walk in faith and not fear. Because that perfected, matured love, come on out, it casts out all fear, all torment. For he who fears has not been made perfect in love. For perfect love, it casts it out. When love walks in, come on out, fear walks out. Hallelujah. And so talking about what we talked about, you know, don't fear about your kids. Just be the mighty warrior. Don't fear about the influence. Obviously, protect them. Be wise. Pull them out of certain situations. Amen. Challenge them on what they're listening to. Don't, don't just think, oh, fine, the quiet. They're on their iPads. They're on social media. They're watching TikTok. I'm telling you, you, you get one glimpse from some of the stuff that, that, that is out there, and it is evil. It is full of all kinds of want, want. It, it's force-feeding the next generation force feeding them with a whole bunch of junk that is feeding their flesh and trying to just entertain them the lust of the flesh the pride of life you got to watch these things amen i don't i don't mean to be too heavy this morning but this is serious business but we have what we have been given from the father We've got it. God's love shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And then Galatians 5, 6 says, you know, if, um, you know, the latter part, it, it says that faith, if you can put it in the King James, please, faith worketh through love or by love. In other words, your faith will work when you know how much you are loved by the Father. Amen. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, we know all the stories of, you know, Noah's Ark and things like that. And, but God never let, you know, if you look at it in the Bible, God never let his children be exposed to judgment. Noah didn't have to swim to the ark. It wasn't like the storms came and he was outside and he was, everyone was like scrambling and swimming. No, it, it wasn't like, oh gosh, yeah, the, it's come now, now everyone get in, you know, and they're getting drenched outside and everyone get, no. They were sealed in the ark before the first drop came. Amen. God loves you so much. I've got a rocking chair. 
I used to talk about my prover- pro- proverbial rocking chair, rocking and meditating on the, uh, the, the simple truths of the gospel. But I was in my, my, my rocking chair. Thank you, Dean. He got me a vintage, you know, really antique rocking chair. Amazing. And uh, really blessed by the, what a gift. Thank you. And um, in my rocking chair, just being undone by God's love. Undone by God's love. He loves me. He loves you. He loves you so un. It's unconditional love. He is full of mercy. He is full of grace. You can never change that. Your actions can't. What you've said can't. He loves you. Warren Buffett, he's a you know, multi-millionaire, one of the richest people in the, you know, on the planet at the time when he, when he was in his peak. He was quizzed, and he said, you know, what's the key to your success? And he said two things. He said, I realized early on that I do not follow instructions. And so he, he needed to create that, you know. And he said, number two, number two, he said, I know my father loves me. He was talking about his natural father. And because I know my natural father loves me, I, I wasn't nervous to step out and make some real risky deals because if it failed and I lost everything, my dad wouldn't be mad at me because I know my dad loves me. You, you want a potent faith? It worketh, works, it expresses itself through love. You want to step out and do something daring for him? I'm telling you, the, the backbone to all of this is like is, is sitting in your Rocking chair, hopefully it's not a proverbial rocking chair, and meditating on, who God loves me. It's like the young minister who asked the well-seasoned minister who was, you know, he had just celebrated 50 years of ministry. He said, tell me, what's, what's the greatest thing that you've learned in all 50 years, five decades of ministry? What's the greatest, like, revelation? He said, he said uh, Jesus loves me. This I know. He said, what, in 50 years? After studying the Word and giving yourself to the ministry of Word and prayer, that's, the, that's it? That's what you can tell me? The deepest, you know, for all the deep sheep, you know, that, that's, what, that, that, that's what it was. He said, he said that's the biggest, rev- that, God, that Jesus loves you? He said, no. He said, no, no. This I know. He loves me no matter what, but I know it. That's the biggest thing. I know it. And nobody can challenge me off that. I, I know that. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Fathers, we are the pace setters in the house. Think about it. There has to be houses of love where there's unconditional. I remember, um, you know, we had a German exchange. You know, let me just confess my sins a little bit. You know, we had a German exchange. You know, if you don't know what a German exchange is, you know, those who are studying German, you... You know, you go to Germany for two weeks and, you know, get immersed in the culture and, you know, just the, the, the host family that you're staying with, they're not allowed to speak English to you, so uh, they only speak, speak, speak German, and so I can speak um, just some essentials. My Lieblingsfußballmannschaft is Manchester United. Uh, basically, you've got to even say Manchester United in the German accent. Amen. Basically, I said my, my, my favorite football team is Manchester United. And so, um, don't, that's it. That's, that's what I got. You know, that's what I kept on saying for two weeks. And so, they got fed up of me and sent me home. So, it worked, you know. I came back to my home comforts. Um, but anyhow, when they came over, and, you know, the Germans, they, they like to party and all that stuff and drink. And so, I wasn't used to any of that. But, um, but, but in the morning at like 10, I'm 15, you know, 10 in the morning. And we go to the park. And there's alcohol there, and there's, you know, how many know influence is really important? Who you hang around with is really important. And they had, like, apple cider, and I'm just drinking it like it's like an uh, appetizer, you know. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm intoxicated. <laughs> I've lost it, you know. And I come home, it's noon. 
not midnight. It's 12 noon. And I, I, I'm out of it. It's not, a, it's not a laughing matter. I don't know why you're laughing. And then my mom sees my stay, and we had guests over, and this is an embarrassment. And man, she slaps me right across the face. Boom. You know. And then I'm like, oh, throwing up and stuff. So then, um, you know, I go to bed for a couple of hours, sleep it off. And, um, and I come, and I, and I, I tell my parents, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, 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 forgive me. My parents said, I, I forgive you. That's it. My dad looked at me in the eyes and he said, never bring this up to me again. It's done. That same, that same afternoon, now I'm not advising this, you have to be wise and protect your kids from certain environments. But I'm telling you, the love of God conquered. His love is greater. Later on that afternoon, I got a call from the same friends and said, hey, you know, you, you, you know we're all hanging out at so-and-so's house. You want to come? I go and speak to my dad and said, hey, dad, can I come? And my dad says to me, yes, son, you can go. I trust you. Do you know from that point, I could not abuse that trust? Because, because that was love for me. Now, every situation's, you know what I mean? You, your kids can manipulate you and all that stuff. You know, you've got to be wise. But my dad knew there was love on display there for me. I didn't deserve that freedom, but he gave it to me, and I could not abuse that. You understand what I'm saying? His love is awesome. We're the pace setters. We set the pace for prayer in the house. We set the pace. Fathers. I'm talking to the fathers this morning. And those who will be fathers and those spiritual fathers. And moms, you can take this home too. Amen. Every one of us this can apply for. But we are, there has to be somebody who sets the pace of prayer, worship, church attendance. We've got to train, train our kids, which means show them, not just tell them. You know, training and teaching is different. Teaching tells, training shows. And if you raise a child in the way in which they should go and train them up in the way in which they should go, they will not depart from that. But if you just teach them, they'll depart from teaching. They will depart from our teachings, but they will not depart from training, which is showing them. And demonstrating, this is exactly what our Heavenly Father did to us. He demonstrated, straight, demonstrated His love by giving His Son for us. Come on, can I have a big amen? amen. Who's grateful for Jesus? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm, I, my, my schedule's, I'm just too busy. You're 100% correct. You are too busy. Too busy to, to, to look your kids in the eye. Too busy to listen. Put everything down and just eye to eye. Just be with them. I loved it yesterday. You know, my kids were like, man, we want to do something with you, Dad. You know, because obviously on Sundays you preach and all that stuff. And so, so Saturday became like, you know, part one because I believe there's part two. Amen. At least I'm expecting part two and my expectation will not be cut off in Jesus' name. There better be about part two in the real day, you know. Uh, so I had a bit of a prelude to Father's Day yesterday, and it was just great to be with them and hang with them and, you know, listen to them. And just, we need to, ha but how many times is, how many times am I just too busy to listen? Because I've got more important things to do. You know, I'm working on, you know, the devotion that we're going to teach you, or I'm working on a teaching message. They'll depart from teachings, but they won't depart from training. They will not depart from what you train them. Teachings, they will. But training, training, they won't. Hallelujah. Your problem isn't time. You watch TV. <laughs> hey, uh, men who play football on Thursday nights, let me challenge you. I I'm in this too because I play on Thursday nights. Your problem isn't energy. You do sports. Your problem isn't money. You've got an iPhone. It's all of, you know what your problem, our problem often is? Is priorities. That's what our issue is most of the time. Hallelujah. Now, we are doing this from whom? 
Who gives us the ability to parent and be everything our kids need us to be? It's from whom? From the Father. Notice the scripture. Philippians chapter 2 verses 13 from the Amplified Classic. It says, not, not in your own strength. Philippians 2.13, not in your own strength, but it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to do the will, to do the will and, to, and, and, and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and, and delight. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. I'm going to close in a very, very familiar passage. It's found in Luke, Luke 15. It's the passage of the parable, uh, the, the prodigal son, excuse me. The prodigal son. Here's a, here's a father of a large estate. He's a rich man. He's got a big estate. He's got two sons. One son comes asking for his inheritance. I want it, and I want it. I want it now. And so do you know what he gets, what he wants? Sometimes he, you might, um, you know, uh, get what you want, but you might not want what you get. He gets his inheritance early. He lives wild. Anyone ever lived wild before? You know, you can admit, man, you just, you know what this is like. He's living loose as a goose. He's making all the mistakes, you know, drinking, drugs, women, all, all, everything you can imagine. And for a while, it's fine. It's like, the repercussions of it, he don't feel it. It's not affecting him in a, in a negative until the money runs out. The booze dries up. The women and the friends and everyone else leaves him. And he finds himself as a Jewish boy, desperate. He gets a job, the worst type of job, working with unclean animals, pigs. And then he comes to the realization, looking at what the pigs are eating. And he, he's like, Where, how far deep have I gone? The pigs are eating better than I'm eating. The pigs are eating better than I'm eating. And he thinks, you know what? I'm hurting. You know those who have gone wayward and lived wild and made all mistakes? Do you know what? Um, you know, yeah, their sin may be evident and seen by all. But do you know what? They're hurt. They're, most people don't see their hurt and the agony that they're going through. The agony of the regret and the pain of the regret of the choices that they've made. And it's like on the inside, it's just, it's killing them. Oh, man. He looks to himself. The Bible says in, in Luke 15, 17, he, he, he comes to himself. He comes to his, I like how the King James put it, puts it. He comes to his senses. And he's like, what in the world? You can play, Tony. He's like, what? I'm, I'm closing. What in the world am I doing? What has led me to this place? Whew. And he's like, I need, do you know what I need to do? I know it. But it's, it's going to be tough. But I need to go back to my father's house. He said in verse 19, I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. No longer worthy. What are you worthy of? Are you worthy to be forgiven? Are you worthy to be under the same house of your father? Are you worthy of freedom? The answer for the prodigal son was, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Uh, I can't be. I don't see myself worthy. I'm so mindful of where I've been. You weren't there. Dad, you were not there. I was, I was there. I know what I've done so mindful of his own character that he had forgotten the character of his own father and you you, you you feel the pain of people yes they messed up yes they screwed up yes they, they did what they did and everything and they you know there are there, there is consequences 
But the Father regards them as worthy to be in, under the, make me a servant. I do not deserve to be treated like a son, but I'll earn. I will work, hire me. I will work for my place. He said, you don't, the father was like, you, you, don't, you, you don't want to work for this. You can't work for this. This is a gift given by me. He is a big estate. Lots to do. You would think he was handling business. But do you know what he was? He wasn't handling his business on his big estate. Do you know what he was doing? He was waiting for his, he was waiting for his son, looking in anticipation for his son to come home. And when he came, when he came, be, be the prodigal son for a moment. When he came, he embraced him. And he didn't let him go. He held him. Dad, what are you doing? You don't know what you're hugging. He hugged him. I've got you, son. You do not want to be a hired servant. You're my son, not by, by what you've done, but by birth. Not, not by earning. Get him a robe. I don't want anyone to see the bad side of him. Get it. Cover up his sin. Give him access again, quickly. Get, it, get him a ring with our signet on it so he can sign for stuff the market and use my wealth. Get sandals on his feet and the fatted calf, let's kill it. We're about to have a party. Hallelujah. I've got you, son. Love. You are worthy because of Jesus. And Jesus was the express image of the Father's love for you. And I want us to take a, a few short moments. You know, it's just gone half past. To stand up and sing a love song to Him. And love Him. And thank Him. Yes, it's Father's Day. Yes, it's Father's Day. But let the emphasis be on Abba, Father. Esther shared from First, first John, what, what manner, he said this. He said, what manner of love is this? What kind of love? Think about it. What kind of love is this that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should become children of the Most High? Worship team, you can get in position. What kind of love? In other words, this kind you're not going to find out there. This kind you're not going to find by find out there in the clubs someplace. You're you're going to you're you're going to find it in the father's house. You're going to find it in the father's house. Who loves the Lord in this place? Come on, let me ask you again. Who loves the Lord? Who loves him? Come on, who loves him? Father, we love you. Because we were all lost. Kill the batted calf because he who is lost is found. Do you know there's a lot of lost people? They don't know where they, they don't know where they are. But we serve a God. He's a running father. Oh man. I said he's a running father. He runs to meet you. He ran to meet. Let's be on our feet. He ran to meet you. He ran to meet us. And he's here. We're going to worship one more time. We're going to sing to him. But with everyone on, on, on their feet, I want to invite anyone who, who's in this room. You want to say, I want to experience personally the love of my Father God by, by accepting his love in the form of Jesus. If you're here and you say, look, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. If you're here, it's like I'm wearing my shame and I, I need to be made right. I, I need that robe of righteousness. I need to be made righteous. It's like a two-ton weight on my shoulders. I don't know if I'm forgiven. 
but today I am I need to be I need to be in that place of knowing that my union with the Lord is secure if you're here with every head bowed every eye closed if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life after the count of three I'm going to invite you to lift up your hand I'll see it and we'll, we'll pray together after three one two three lift up your hand real high if that's you you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior you want to accept him as your Lord you're like man I need to know today that Jesus is my Lord if you've never publicly confessed him before men his Lordship in your life here's an opportunity lift up your hand real high I see that hand praise God I knew it man I knew it it's awesome it's awesome come on it's awesome thank you Father Father we love you so can you come here I just want to shake your hand come here I want to pray with you not to embarrass you or anything like that I, I, I know it's awesome can I pray with you what's your name Oik Father I thank you for this brave man you're coming back for a bride not somebody who's just flirting with the idea of God but somebody who walks down an aisle in front of people and says I commit my life to you so pray this after me Father pray this after me Father I come to you and I ask you to forgive me I repent of my sins I confess Jesus is your Lord it is my Lord is your son is your son sent for me to die so that I may live eternally I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth Jesus is my Lord and my Savior and in my own way I say thank you Lord just thank him thank you Lord we thank you Father Father I pray you bless him speak to him touch him just like you touched every single one of us in this room Lord reveals yourself as real to him in a mighty and living way, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, man. Awesome.